It's time for the main event of your day. Hello, everybody. Chriselle's back in the co-hosting chair, but taking front lead. We have a lot of Forbidden Door speak, Royal Rumble, and all these NXT releases to talk about. But first, Dustin, how are you feeling? You know, I'm feeling fantastic, guys. What's up? Ready to talk about another episode? Ready to dive into some good stuff, the bad stuff, all the great stuff, and just have a good time. So I'm feeling great. But of course, per usual, before we get into the heavy stuff, we got to go over the Q&As. Our first question comes from Golden K25. It's a non-wrestling question, and it's, what is your favorite TV show right now? My favorite TV show? I'll be quick. My favorite TV show right now? Like, what I are you don't watching? really have one. I don't, I'm not really watching anything on TV, to be honest. I'm not into any TV shows right now. I have, like, a favorite TV show all time. If you haven't watched it, go watch Friday Night Lights. I think it's a fantastic TV show. So Friday Night Lights, even though it's not on right now. I've watched it maybe three or four times. There you go. He's made me watch it, and that was really good. I, I can attest to that. Right now, I'm watching this show called Dynasty. It's kind of messy, and honestly, I don't think it's that great, but I'm very much wrapped up in it. And it's, like, four seasons long, so I'm almost done with it. Okay. Now, Wrestling Unleashed asks, what do you think of Big E's reign? And I think we've kind of touched on it, but we haven't really been able to focus in on it. How do you feel, Dustin? I know you have your opinion. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's something like I've gone into before, but I, I think Big E's reign kind of sucked. I think it was, it wasn't the worst title reign I've ever seen, trust me. But I think there's been much better. I think that Big E's reign was hampered by bad booking because I think he did everything he could do to make himself that megastar of a world champion. He had the big mainstream appeal, whether it was college football related, boxing fight introductions related. I mean, they were showing him at a UFC fight. Like, that's so dope. Big E definitely had the mainstream appeal of a champion, but WWE booked him like he was just another guy on the roster. Like I said, he lost seven times after he became champion until up until day one. Seven times. I don't care however you look at it. He had just hit over a, a hundred something days. He lost seven matches. That's terrible and ridiculous for, to book your champion. With that being said i think biggie's title reign was disrespectful to him how he lost it in my opinion was very disrespectful also looking at just the booking of the entire reign i it could have gone so much better you could have gave him juicy stories that he could have sunk his teeth into and awesome title defenses i'm having a hard time remembering a good title defense he had like i i really can't even think of one he defended against bobby lashley on raw i remember that but other than that i mean he lost to roman he loses to brock at day one I mean, you have the whole contrived thing with Kevin Owens and all of that. Like, it was a bad reign. It was a bad reign. Overall, bad reign. No, I hear you. He was a good champion, but the reign in general was really bad. Yeah, like, I think he did everything that he could to make the reign good because Biggie's very entertaining. If there's anything about him, he's going to entertain and he's going to push narratives forward. Even the little things that he was doing in his feud, like, to be entertaining. Like, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were having a match and Biggie's just in the back writing on a notepad, taking notes, looking at the TV with his neck halfway broken because it's, like, making the joke out of that. He's rubbing baby oil on himself in the back. That is the type of guy I wanted my WWE champion, someone who could be funny but then he gets in the ring and he can kick your butt but wwe did not book him like that they booked him like anybody else they didn't give him the roman reigns treatment as a dominant champion or even if you don't want to have him have a multi-year reign you can have him be dominant in the what five months that he was champion he wasn't dominant whatsoever as a champion biggie gave you that clear description of this is wwe's fault not my fault i am going to do the most with what i'm given and i'm going to be a great champion you're going to enjoy me what's happening in the ring and how it ends that has nothing to do with me but everything 
anything else that I'm in control of, I'm going to do amazing at. And that's exactly what he did. No, exactly. Like, as a champion and, like, through WWE's booking, it was, like, a five. But Big E as a man and, like, what he did as a performer, the performer, 9.99999 out of 10. Like, he he was fantastic. So, I agree. Uh, He showed that WWE didn't make a mistake by making him a champion. Their bookings were the mistakes. Well, their booking is garbage, if we're being honest. Brutally honest, booking's trash. So, if your name's not Roman Reigns, you're not getting booked very well. (laughs) Let's be real here. And that's, like, us on a repeated cycle of saying the same thing, that they just, they need to build their champions back up. Sad, but it's true. Now, before we get into all the other stuff, I wanted to jump into the Q&A, but we do have some housekeeping. I have to announce that we won't be doing Wrestler of the Week like we used to. So there won't be a Wrestler of the Week for this episode and probably next week either. But we are continuing on with our news and you will get a rant from me at the end of the day. And we'll give you more on Sunday about our new structure for Sunday episodes. But while you're here, don't forget to leave a review, follow us on social media, and put on the notification so you guys don't miss any content from us the last thing you want to do dustin is there anything that you need to tell anybody no make sure you guys like subscribe follow the podcast keep up with us you know i always talk about live tweeting i'm always talking about how much we're posting if you have not already go follow us go like some posts go interact on those posts i'm sure that we have some listeners here that can attest like yeah if you go in them comments of the unexpected wrestling post someone's gonna respond to you you're going to have some form of a conversation. So it's a fun environment. We try to keep things clean, try to keep things cordial, be respectful to one another. One another. I did the same thing that I did last week, Chris, where I mispronounced like one another and all of that. <laughs> be nice to one another. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. But hey, guys, have some fun in our comment section. Interact with us and interact on our stories, too. We love you guys. Yeah, interaction is make is what makes the internet wrestling community go round. But you know, let's keep it let's keep it wholesome. Not whole, yeah, wholesome. Wholesome is fine. You know, I like wholesome. I don't need all that negativity that we know the wrestling community can have. Now let's get into these NXT releases, Dustin. You and I haven't actually talked about this between like I know you've had your own moments, I've had mine, but we haven't come together to talk about this in general. So before we do, I just want to go over the names of some of the people they have released. We got Samoa Joe, William Regal, Brian James. AKA Road Dog, Coach Ace, writers Ryan Katz and George Carroll, Dave Kapoor, referee Scott Armstrong, Kathy Carino, one of the coaches at the Performance Center, Suzuki, Coach Timothy Thatcher, and Danny Birch. Now, two that I want to focus the most on because I have some strong feelings about Samoa Joe and William Regal. No, um, so just really quickly with the other names you mentioned, um, Hideki Suzuki, he flew halfway across the country from Japan. So, wow, <laughs> he never even stepped foot in a WWE ring. Diamond mine over there in NXT. Woo, not looking great. You keep losing people. So Hideki Suzuki's crazy. Danny Burch and Timothy Thatcher, they weren't really wrestling, but they were coaching. And they're some of the best in the world, and they're going to get indie dates. So how you don't find a use for them is beyond me. Because I know that if I was a wrestler coming up, I would want Danny Burch and Timothy Thatcher telling me what to do. I'm just saying. And then Scott Armstrong's been with the company for years, so that's kind of crazy. But, of course, like you said, the two biggest ones are Regal and Joe. So my first thoughts in terms of those two, I would say, like, with Regal, Regal is is or was a fantastic on-air authority figure personality because one thing that people always said in terms of Regal when he was on TV was that 
He was that manager that wasn't that made sense. He wasn't just like I'm a heel manager because I'm a heel. Kind of how Sonya Deville is now, where it doesn't really make sense why she doesn't like Naomi. They haven't really given you a concrete reason. She's just kind of screwing Naomi over and being a heel to be a heel. Kind of how Adam Pierce was doing for a little bit, where it was like I'm just gonna screw with with you because I want to. Like it doesn't really make sense. That wasn't Regal, but then also Regal has been so imperative for the forwarding of a lot of your faves and i'm not saying like you chris but you know like everybody like your faves in terms of wwe and wrestling the amount of love that regal was getting from wrestlers whether they be in wwe AEW, or elsewhere like saying if it wasn't for william regal there would be no insert name here whether it be sasha banks roman reigns drew mcintyre like there would be no me because regal was so imperative on bringing people into the company and then scouting them and then getting them to the point where hey like they're gonna get the push that they need to get or like hey maybe you need to look at this person a little bit more and then before i get into like how i feel about william regal right now like yeah like you said like scott armstrong has been with the company for so long 15 years to be exact and then but then you have someone like kathy corneo who has only been with the company for a few months it's the, a little bit of the both like the people that have been there for a long time are leaving but also first in first out i guess but not only was william doing amazing things for nxt being like that authority figure that you were talking about but just a little bit about him before he was like that authority figure because he's been with the company for a very mm -hmm. long time mm -hmm. he's a four-time mm -hmm. world tag team champion two-time intercontinental champion three-time european champion five-time hardcore champion and he was king of the ring and he's been working with nxt since 2014 he's done everything under the sun for the company of WWE. And regardless of how we feel, I try not to put a negative light on it, especially since he had came out with that tweet saying like, hey, I have no hard feelings. I have nothing like negative to say about the company. So when someone says they have no hard feelings about the company and things that happen, it's kind of hard to be like, no, you did the worst thing, WWE. Cause like, all right, they're not mad. So I'm not going to say anything crazy, but still that's like, the, you don't understand like the, why would they do that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it all goes into the dismantling of Triple H's NXT. Like, I thought the entrance was cool, but Breaker, like, kicked the X and everything and broke it. A lot of people saw that as, like, the symbolic last straw for that old NXT. Triple H's NXT, that gained a lot of critical acclaim. People loved it. And a big part of that was the William Regals, who, like I said, is responsible for your Sasha Banks, your Bayley's, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. Like, these people had talent. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that by any means. These people had talent. But you can't deny that there are influences that are more important than talent, you know? Like, you can have all the talent in the world, but be wrestling in a backyard for the rest of your life. Or wrestling in a ballroom for a thousand people for the rest of your life. Which And there's nothing wrong with that by any means. However, to get to that quote-unquote, and I say quote-unquote because everyone's definition is different, but that next level, you need someone with influence to vouch for you. Like with any job, you need someone to put their neck out there for you. And Regal did that for so many people. And not only that... Uh, he was such a special recruiter because I don't think it's just anybody that can go to an independent wrestling scene and be like, that person might be in this situation right now, but I can see that they're going to be a star. Like there's, mm -hmm. you have to be able, you have to have that eye for those kind of things. And he definitely had it. He had a lot of hits. And like, I've seen that people are saying, not only is it the end of the Triple H NXT era, but also they're saying that they don't really need his type of recruiting.
leaving anymore since it seems like WWE is trying to transition into what their new program is where they get wrestlers that are athletes versus people from the independent scene so they don't need that kind of scouting mm-hmm. for talent. Well, yeah. So I guess, I guess like quickly transitioning to that thought process, I see that idea and line of thinking getting a lot of crap. I will say that it can work. You can take someone who is a pure athlete and turn them into a star, i.e. let's look at did John Cena really have any formal wrestling training before he got into WWE? Not really, let's be honest. It's the biggest, most recent cases of Bianca Belair who had no real prior wrestling training formal training, independent wrestling background. No, like she was an athlete. Go watch her documentary. It's really good. (laughs) Like Bianca Belair was an athlete. So there is a track record for those athletes. However, there is also a track record for let's go get some of the best people from the indies because they know what the heck they're doing. And, you know, you look at the names like Seth Rollins came from the independent scene and then he went to Ring of Honor and this, that, and the other. Adam Cole, who is one of the most successful NXT stars of all time. Some people say he's the greatest NXT star of all time. You can surely make the argument. He was Indies to Ring of Honor to WWE. Like, there's a lot of names. So departing from that thought process of let's go from taking independent wrestlers and having good scouts who can find some of the best and this, that, and the other, and let's just do the athlete approach. I think it needs to be a fair mix of both, which I think WWE was kind of trying to do in a way, but now they're moving more towards athletes. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I think it does come in handy when you're working with athletes transitioning to wrestling to have some safe pairs of hands who know what the heck they're doing and maybe has been wrestling on the independent scene for 10 15 years i think there's value in having safe hands on your roster there's a healthy competition that happens when you have a good mix of athletes and people from the independent scene because the independent scene people actually know what they're doing but you know maybe some of the athletes are more athletic and they can do more but i think that it's a give and push and then i feel like you can create a healthy locker room environment where everybody can learn from the other because they have different backgrounds and different things that they can bring into the ring and that's what makes things beautiful yeah i mean what are you gonna do if if and when because i'm not gonna say it's gonna happen but you fire guys like regal and a bunch of other, you fire guys like joe who has an eye for talent but we're gonna get into joe in a second what do you do when you have a roster full of people who can't wrestle because they don't have the experience are you gonna have them go against each other is that what nxt is going to become because for sure i'm not watching people who don't know what the heck they're doing roll around for 25 minutes and in some cases it works some cases it works because you look at Braun Breaker and that man was an athlete. They brought him into PC in February of 2020. One year later, he's world, not world champion, I'm sorry, but he's NXT champion and his matches ain't been that bad. Like, I'm not going to say they're five-star classics and they may never be that. Not saying they ever will or won't, but sometimes you have, you get hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get hit with pure athletes and somebody who don't know what the heck they're doing, but sometimes you don't. So getting rid of guys like Regal and it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. When you have an athlete and someone from the independent scene in a match the guy from the independent scene is the guy that's making the wrestler look better like the athlete look better because they know what they're doing they know they have more experience calling shots in the ring like maybe the athlete is a good wrestler but there's experience like they always talk about like ring iq it's the experience that you get while you're in the in the ring all these matches that you have under your belt the things that you've seen 
through doing it for years and you can't teach years of experience in a year. Yeah. So I'm going to make like a quick little football analogy for like my sports fans out there. So if any of you saw the national championship game last night, Alabama was down there two receivers. Now, if you know anything about Alabama, even if you don't know football, you know, they full of five-star recruits, the best recruits in the country. Oh, it's like Bama this, Bama that, like they're full of five-star recruits. So Bama pulls some five stars off of their bench who have never played before. And people are just like, oh, they're going to be fine because they're five stars. But there's value in having talent and experience. You can have just talent. You can have all the talent in the world. You can be a five-star recruit. But if you don't have that experience, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the person with the experience and some talent over you every single time. So there's value. There's an insane value in having people that have that experience. I, I agree with you. I'm like, they got to they gotta figure something out. I mean, are we going to get into Joe? I don't want to, like, jump the gun on Joe. No, absolutely. Go ahead. You you seem excited. No, yeah, so, no, no, I mean, Joe, I guess I'll be a little bit shorter with my thoughts because we have definitely talked about Samoa Joe getting released before and, like, Joe and all of this. But the man re-signed, no, the man signs to the company, has injuries, goes to commentary, gets taken off of TV, gets released, re-signs with the company, becomes an enforcer on NXT, Wins the NXT championship in his only match back, vacates the title belt because of an undisclosed injury, and then gets fired again. He has had the largest, like, WWE career arc (laughs) I have ever seen. I mean, it's crazy. And I just remember when he had to relinquish that NXT title, it was just so weird because he recorded that video, like, in his bedroom. It's like, why didn't you guys have, like, a proper giving away of this title like this was just really weird i just remember that being so shaky and then him being fired so it was fired in april and then quickly came back like nothing happened oh we love him we're gonna respect him but also he wanted a guns carry and cross another guy that's no longer with the company then we literally just saw a picture posted from wwe where he was at tryouts like helping with like the process of tryouts and things like that and then boom he's gone again clearly this man has shown that wherever you put him he'll be good and he he can do multiple things like there's definitely a place that you can find for him. But then they're like, nah, it's fine. We don't need him for whatever reason. And no, I feel like I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Samoa Joe. Like, why would you do this? Samoa Joe is fantastic at whatever you have him do. I think he's one of those guys that is a true Swiss army knife where we all know he's great in ring. We we all know he's great in ring, whether it be in Ring of Honor, WWE, or anywhere else. I am excited personally, if he can get medically cleared because he has had injuries. I am super excited to see Samoa Joe wrestle somewhere else because I like Joe when he wrestles. I love everything about him, his menacing presence, but he has the charisma on the mic. He's so interesting. There's so many matchups that I would love to see with Joe. He's great in ring. When he was on the announce table doing commentary, he made a lot of matches interesting because he would give in-depth analysis. He would play off the other commentators well. He knew what he was doing. Heck, as a scout, I'm sorry. Like, I think Samoa Joe has an eye for talent considering how good he is. I would hope that he has an eye for talent. And then I'm sorry, you have him in a performance center coaching and now you don't want him again like I said with the other people if I didn't know what the heck I was doing I would want Samoa Joe telling me you did that well or you didn't do that well I'm, I'm just putting it out there that's me like it, that's just me that's a person that you can trust he has that back he's good on mic he's good in the ring. it's all those things that like you want those new talents to have that he's a multifaceted man that you would want to be able to pass down to this new generation. And I get it. NXT is moving away from the already established wrestler and they're trying to build new people up. That's like the angle that they're going for now. But they can't just learn off a of scratch. Like they need people that have this experience there, like people that are good at what they do to be good at what they what you want them to do. But, you know, logic. Who needs it, right? Exactly. Look, the best coaches 
are the are normally former players. Normally, because guess what? Another sports reference for my people. Like the best coaches are normally former players. Former players because they know the game. They know what they're doing. Like Cartel, if I went and I wanted to become a hockey coach tomorrow and a team hired me to be a hockey coach, whether it be Little League or the professionals, I guarantee we would lose every game because I don't know the first thing about what I'm doing. But if someone hired me to be a football coach, I'm not going to say pros, but like let's just say Little League, we could win some games. I guarantee we could win some games because I understand the game and I've played the game and I know certain nuances of the game and I understand things. You want people who know what they're doing telling the people who don't know what they're doing what to do. It it doesn't add up. Whether it be Regal, who is super accomplished in the company and won all of those titles for years and years, or if it's Joe, a guy who is clearly can do everything. He can talk. He can wrestle. He's charismatic. He's menacing. He knows how to be comedic if he needs to. Like Brock, not Brock Lesnar, but Samoa Joe had one of the best segments with Brock Lesnar when it, it circulates on the internet like every three months because someone's always like, I love this moment. It's when Brock, Roman, and Samoa Joe are in the ring and Samoa Joe like looks at Brock Lesnar and he's like, you pay attention to me when I'm talking to you or we can figure this out right now. And I'm like, that is the only time I have ever seen on TV. I'm like, yeah, that guy could kill Brock Lesnar. I have never thought that in my life. As menacing as Brock Lesnar can be, I've never thought that. And Samoa Joe has that. I really hope the best for him. I am so excited for him to go somewhere else and do what he loves to do. I think he, whoo, the potential. Yeah, as long as they don't do the same situation where they have with their writers, where it's people writing these promos that have no care for wrestling in general, let's hope they don't do that with the, the performance center. Like That's not where you need to put the lack of care. It's not it. So I think that it'll be interesting. Look, I said NXT is going to hit another reset button. So we'll, we'll see come December what all these NXT releases leads to with the product and everything. Because I think I said on either the last episode or the one before that, other than Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, there is nothing that would get me to tune in on Tuesdays. There is nothing that would even remotely get me to tune in. So we'll see. Before, I wasn't really agreeing that there was going to be another reboot of NXT, but now I'm starting to believe it. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But best wishes to Joe and Regal and Scott Armstrong and Birch and Thatcher and Suzuki, all of these people. Who, who's that one person you said that had only been with the company a little bit? I, I didn't catch her name. Kathy Corneo. Corneo, like, and whoever I may be forgetting, like, releases suck. I think you were all people that, if you weren't great at your job, I think you were good at it, but... We'll see what happens and best wishes to all y'all. I hope everybody gets jobs and is prosperous and all this other stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. And now Ring of Honor is coming back into the conversation. So we'll see what that means for them. And we'll definitely end up covering that when we have more information. But it's looking like they'll, they'll be making a comeback. So hopefully that's also another option for people. Now, moving into our other big topic, specifically the Women's Rumble, Forbidden Door, the Rumble, Dustin. But we got that big announcement of a lot of females that are going to be in the Rumble. You know, it kind of takes away from the magic of not knowing who's going to be in the Rumble and being surprised with the countdown. But with the names that they announced, I'm excited. So we have our main like roster people that we can expect to be there. Rhea Ripley, Shotzi, Natalia, Nikki Ash, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Aaliyah, Naomi, and Shayna Baszler. But the ones that we didn't see or didn't know until obviously they announced it are Impact Knockouts World Champion, Mickey James, Nikki and Brie Bella, Lita, Kelly Kelly, and Michelle McCool. Now, like this is this is the diva era incarnate. Like this is this is this is everything that made that era, you know? Like that's everything that makes a female women's wrestler fan. This is why the internet was going crazy for them. 
And then you have that big thing of Mickey James after being released from WWE, getting her stuff sent to her home in a grocery bag, not a grocery bag, like a, a literal trash bag is now going to be the one that opens the quote unquote forbidden door for WWE. That's crazy. Yeah. So like you said, it's the main roster people, not noteworthy. I am on the wavelength of I'm glad they announced these and I understand why they announced them because for this reason to get people like us talking and other podcasts talking and the internet talking and the publicity it makes total sense and i 100 percent get why they did it because you announced 19 slots you still have what is that 11 11 slots left let's just say in that 11 you throw five or six really big surprises where it's like whoa like what the heck and then like you announced names like michelle mccool the bella twins kelly kelly if i had to guess like they would have been there anyway i don't think they're as much of a surprise necessarily as they may have been a few years ago because I think they've literally been in every single Women's Royal Rumble or like they've shown up in like one or two of them before. In terms of a surprise, I don't think it would have held as much weight. Lita's really interesting because she has the neck thing. I would have saved Lita. I'm not going to lie. I would have saved the Lita one because... The neck thing, anything involving a neck, man, that pop would have been crazy. But I've heard people talking about Trish Stratus maybe coming back. That that would be fun. And there may be a few others. You know, legends. Legends coming back. But the big one, of course, is Mickey James. And with Mickey James, you know, people are talking about the Forbidden Door. And I just hope people don't work themselves into in crazy expectations with this whole. Like, that's what I hope. Because I hear people talking about, oh, WWE is going to try to bring back Chris Jericho for the Rumble. Or they're going to try to get Christian Cage for the Rumble. And I'm just like, well, guys, let, let's let's slow down. Like, You're jumping ahead of me. I was really ready to ask you because the talk about the Forbidden Door gets everybody with the gears churning. There's different names that people are talking about. They're like, okay, they're doing this for the women. And now there's rumors that there's going to be somebody in the men's Royal Rumble that is opening the male Forbidden Door. And there's like talk of Jericho, Christian Cage, like you said, like, and then there's people that are still on good terms with WWE that are part of AEW. Brian Danielson. And then we have Moose calling out Roman Reigns on Twitter. It's like, I claim to be the wrestling god. He claims to be the head of the table. With all this forbidden door talk, what if? And then he asked Roman Reigns. So you don't you don't think any of that's going to happen? I don't think any of these specific okay. people. I really don't think any of that's going to happen. But do you think there is something like that going to happen? Okay, so I was going to get into it. First of all, if it's an AEW name, it's not happening. I'm, I'm saying that now. If it's an AEW name or someone who's working with AEW, it's not happening. I'm 100% sure. If an AEW name shows up at the Rumble, I I will drop on the ground like ain't no way Tony Khan greenlit that and Vince McMahon and them greenlit it as well. And everybody was all peaches and cream. Let's do it. Because there's, there's no way, son. But I don't really think it's as forbidden of a door, you know, as everyone's kind of making it out to be. Because Sean Ross at Fiverr.com, all of them, you know, they always got the news and stuff. Good for them. Thank you, guys. I think he had said somewhere that he's not 100% sure, but he thinks that Mickey James's contract or deal with Impact, like, she's not an Impact wrestler. She's not actually, like, full-time, like, signed to the company. So, you know, she's more of a freelancer who's doing stuff with Impact. So it's not really, like, Impact's necessarily sending her over there as if it was maybe, like, a Moose or a Deanna Perrazzo or things of that nature where they are full-time signed to the company. If Deanna Perrazzo said, like, on Twitter, someone was like, ooh, all this Forbidden Door stuff, we're going to see Deanna Perrazzo in the Rumble. And she was like, no. Like, straight up. She was like, no. So <laughs> I don't 
think it's as forbidden door as everybody's making it out to be. However, WWE bringing over someone that is working with Impact right now and is the current Knockouts champion. Honestly, they don't even got to bring anybody else over through the forbidden door for me because I find it interesting. But if we're not going to get those bigger names, I don't watch Impact enough to be like, oh my God, so-and-so guy is coming over. Like, I I I wouldn't get excited enough, you know? So they don't even got to bring anybody over. All I want to see is if Mickey James shows up with the title belt, though, around her shoulder, the Impact Knockout title. Because if she does that, then I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, that's dope. Like, that's that's really cool. Like, that's really cool. So it's a little bit Forbidden Door, but I don't think it's as Forbidden Door as everybody's making it. And I do not think we're getting any AEW names like Jericho, Christian Cage, Danielson, Adam Cole. I don't think that's happening by a million years. People were saying that if they were going to choose somebody, that it obviously had to be someone that they are going to get a pop for. Like like you said, people, there's a lot of people on Impact that people that don't watch are going to be like, okay, it's just this guy, cool. But if you brought a Danielson out, obviously people know who he is. That's going to get a big pop. But that as far as all these guys that used to be on WWE, the last person I see coming back is Brian Danielson. You can't just throw him into a rumble the way that he left and then just like, oh, we're just going to throw him in there and then he's going to be gone again. No, that doesn't make any sense. That's the last person I would suspect to be in the rumble. So I guess if that did happen, that'd be crazy. But I really don't think so. I mean- Talk about driving your audience to AEW's product. Because, there, like I said, there are people out there who don't necessarily know. Not everyone has the internet. Like, I think a thing we take for granted is that everyone has the internet and knows everything that's going on and can keep up with everything. I guarantee there's at least a few people who don't know what the heck happened to Brian Danielson. Especially children who are like, hey, I was watching him. He got banished from SmackDown and now he's just not here no more. I guarantee it. But then they may see him and then they may be like, oh, man, where has he been? And the next thing you know, like, you're driving your audience to another product, which is the last thing they want to do. I also think that WWE is doing this thing with Impact and Mickey James because obviously they don't see Impact as any form of a threat in terms of driving their audience there. Ooh, we gave you a couple hundred viewers or we gave you a thousand extra viewers. Have it. Because I mean, even with the announcement, I didn't watch Hard to Kill and I heard it was really good. I heard it was really good, but I didn't watch Impact Hard to Kill the pay-per-view they had. I, I, I didn't care. I don't know people on the Impact roster. I know Moose. I know Deanna Peraza. I know Mickey James, and I think Chris Bay is on the Impact roster, but I only know him because of name. So, and that's not a slight to Impact or the wrestlers over there. It's genuinely not. I just, I don't consider myself a casual fan, but I think I'm like a step above casual. I'm in depth the stuff that's going on and what's going on in the wrestling world, but I'm not sitting here watching Impact, the New Japan, and GCW, and all of these other promotions 24 7. Like, that's not what I do. So, it, 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 yeah, I don't think it's as forbidden door as everybody's making it out to be. I think it's still something fun to talk about. And it's something that even before you wouldn't think would happen. It's something that because WWE has been so like our company or nothing. When you're signed to us, you are basically our property. You're basically signing up for the US military. You can't speak on anything else. You're very limited on what you can speak on, what you can do creatively. They own you. So, and but it, and it's everything WWE and the fact that like, they're letting someone else that isn't necessarily fitting that bubble that's a big step in itself, regardless of them being a full-time wrestler for another company. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. It's it's still a really big thing for them to even mention the Impact Knockouts champion, Mickey James. Like, that's crazy. For WWE standards, that's crazy. And I see a lot of people making jokes about, like, uh, WWE's done more for Impact in five minutes than AEW did in 12 months, which I'm not going to get into. I'm not, uh, I, I don't know, and I don't have the facts enough to really give an opinion on that, but I found that funny as well. So it's really interesting to see how much buzz 
Mickey James being announced for the Rumble has created. There's a reason they did it and not just like a surprise. It it makes total sense. I'm behind it too because like I said, I don't have a problem necessarily announcing some of the legends because they're legends that you would assume would were going to be there anyway and it, they're still going to get the pop anyway. They're still going to get a big pop. It's not like people are going to be like, "Oh, I knew Michelle McCool was coming, so I'm not going to cheer." Like, no. If you, if you <laughs> like Michelle McCool, if you like the diva there, you're going to cheer anyway. So, I, I don't have a problem with it cuz they were people you expected regardless. Other than Mickey James. Other than Mickey James. I don't know, Nikki and Bree because of the whole like neck situation being moms, like they they made it seem like they weren't coming back. Oh, 0% of me thought that they wouldn't be at the Rumble. Like they're going I knew they were going to be at the Rumble. They do so much with WWE and they're going to have their little Bella Twins moment in the Rumble probably in the middle of it and then both get thrown over at the same time and that'll be it so I'm gonna need you to sound a little more excited about that because that sounded really like downplaying it and I didn't like that no personally I don't really like the Bella Twins I I think they're kind of overrated I think they've they did a lot for WWE and wrestling but I'm not a big fan of the Bella Twins that's not that's and that's not crapping on them I, I just I'm just not that big a fan. I think in terms of like the fandom, they're one of the people I look at. I'm like, why do people like y'all? And that's not, that's not me trying to crap on them. It's genuinely not. It's just like a personal preference thing. Like I don't really love the Bella twins. I don't know. They were definitely like the, the ones that got me back into wrestling from total divas. I think it's, that's where our like wrestling things go differently because I got right back into it because of total divas. I don't, you didn't really watch total divas. Did you? heck no no i did not yeah i really didn't think you did and so i think that's that's just another aspect that i i understand why you wouldn't get it but i just personally love all of this but also i hope that they're not using this women's rumble which they are obviously for that buzz and stuff and then they continue to disrespect women's wrestling because clearly you can see that it creates a buzz and that people are hype and this is stuff that gets people excited but then to go back and we're going to do one women's match a week an episode, whatever. Like, <laughs> let's not do that. Like, you can't acknowledge them in the same breath and then be like, nah, we're going to dismiss them, which they're going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, the state of women's wrestling, it, it'd be it. Maybe we should do something talking about the state of women's wrestling in general, because it's interesting to look at in terms of main events and matches a week and time of those matches uh, it would take some research but i think it'd be interesting to look at in terms of that because I, I agree women's divisions all around whether you be wwe or AEW, have been disrespected for very long uh, oh Britt baker and riho did main event though at battle of the belts i know in the last episode i was like if they don't main event <laughs> but they did main event so that was a kudos and then on raw the other night they had the women main event which is good which is really good but we don't applaud fish for swimming so that's a Chriselle quote. So with that, with that with that being said, I find it interesting. And before we wrapped this up, I did want to ask you a question, but I wanted you to finish getting your thoughts out. Did you have anything else? I didn't want to. No, no. I'm excited for your question. Lay it on me. No. Okay. I'm going to ask you probably every single week who you got for the Rumbles. Give me two names, man and a woman. Jeez, that's not something you just lay on somebody. This takes right, meticulous right now, right now, you gotta Right now, you got to give it to me. Like if you had to pick like all your chips are down right now, it's like I got to choose right now. Who you got? You want me to say uh, first? I'm just, this has no logic at all because you just threw it at me. So I'm going to go Lita and Austin Theory. Jesus Christ. Whoa. No, no, no way. Um, <laughs> no way. There's no, no, no way. Uh, I'm going to go Bianca Belair and uh, Biggie. Okay. Biggie. 
I don't, I don't love those Biggie Because we, we had our own conversation yesterday where you were saying that maybe not because you don't see how he would fit into WrestleMania this year. The men are just such a big question mark. I think the women are a little more cut and dry. It'll Since Sasha's not in it, I think it'll either be Charlotte winning as the champion and being a a-hole about it. Or I think they're setting up a Bianca and Becky rematch at Mania. And there's no easier way to get there than a Bianca win back to back. So I think the women are a little more cut and dry. The men, I have no idea, but I'd bet Big E right now. I do say Lita only because I do almost want an older person to win. Yeah, yeah. But I understand. I, I would love a Bianca win. That's my number two. And like you said, get her into WrestleMania, keep her into that title picture. That's fine. She doesn't she doesn't need the rumble either. I, I understand the criticisms of you're giving it to her back to back. I do understand the criticism. Um, because she doesn't need it. She can get thrust into a title picture any which way she wants to. But in terms of using that crutch, who else are you gonna give it to? That's what that's my argument. Who else are you going to give it to? I, I said Banks. I really said Sasha Banks. But if she's injured, I get it. So where do you go? I think Bianca's a good shout. Zaylee. Eh, she ain't hot enough. I don't, I'm, she ain't even announced <laughs> for the Rumble, bro. Where'd she go? Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that tweet from Sean Rossap. I hope it don't come. I hope it don't come. Because they did the same thing with Hit Row. Debuted him. They was on TV for a week. Did one thing cool, next thing you know, has been released by the company. I'm not saying that's going to happen, and I really hope it does not. I really hope it does not. But the track record has shown that is what they do. Like, she's done nothing since she's debuted. So, ugh, ugh, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to even think about that. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. But that that's, that's our thoughts on the Rumble so far. Dustin, do you have anything you want to close out on these topics? Nah, I'm all good, Chriselle. I'm interested in your rant. Go for it. Have a great time. My rant is powered by the internet wrestling community once again, and they make it hard because I haven't been able to rant in a while. And so I was thinking, you know, there was a few days where a lot of women were coming together and talking about all the sleazy men that come into female wrestler DMs, and that that gives me enough fuel and anger to talk about, but I'm going to save that one because I feel like I've talked about that recently and instead look I understand everybody has their feelings and emotions about wrestlers how they move what they post and I'm just not for any fake allegations or just these nitpicking of wrestlers and I'm specifically talking about people trying to peg Kenny Omega as a pedophile for posting a picture with Riho that didn't make any sense and also just in general like it just it's so ugly that one, that was an ugly situation in general. But two, everybody was coming to us like, oh, I feel so bad for Kenny. Leave Kenny alone. All these things. Like, obviously, it's still a big deal. He deserves the love. He, after after people are coming at you so long, you do explode and you say some dumb things. But still, it's just like, can we get that love for everybody? Because, you know, it's sorry to keep bringing it up swole, but it, she was getting death threats, call, being called the N-word. People were just like being so backhanded. Jade gets all this hate for what people are calling a botched ending when she won the TBS championship. And people are just like so negative about people even being their fan and getting death threats and just being so rude, being racist. And, and the, but who's coming, like you don't see people coming out and like in, in masses of, Hey, you know, we love you. We support you. God, like what, like it does, they don't get the same love. And I wonder why, I wonder why. Like, I think let's just give that same. I understand Kenny's number one, everything like that. But still, like certain people are so protected and so many people like they have their like whatever. It, I just it's just so ugly. Like it just if you're going to get on people for being rude on the Internet, let's just keep it in general. Let's give everybody that same respect and love and like 
I know we've talked about the death threats, but I think that's the craziest thing. Like, no, like, please, if you've ever sent a death threat to a wrestler because of an opinion or just really, there's really no reason. There's really no reason. Like, just go, go rethink your life. Just go rethink it. That's all. That's all I have to say. And now I'm hot. Yeah. Red. <laughs> it's just weird. No. People on the internet are weird. Nah, I get it. Yeah. Like, first of all, keep that same energy when you're defending one individual. Like, I, I agree. Keep that same energy. It, it Because that Kenny Omega stuff was wild, first of all. Like, you're weirdo. But then the soul stuff was also wild. And she was getting, like, death threats and stuff. And people weren't necessarily defending her at the capacity that they defended Kenny Omega. And that's not to say Kenny Omega didn't deserve the defense, because he surely did. However, like I said, keep that same energy, though. Like, if we're going to attack somebody for calling somebody a pedophile, let's attack this person also for calling somebody an N-word. Or let's also attack this person for saying somebody needs to die and let's attack this person for continuously ridiculing somebody because of the way they look like let's keep that same energy all across the board i I agree with you Um, i just don't like that stuff in general and then people just feel like because someone's a celebrity they can get away with it it's like no your thoughts are still ugly and your actions are still ugly so please just don't (laughs) right i agree so i'm with you yeah but that's that's my thoughts and my anger I enjoyed being on the hosting chair today. I'll be back next week. Dustin, words, encouragement. Bye, friends. See you guys on Sunday. Bye. We'll have a good episode for y'all on Sunday. Peace. Bye. You've been listening to the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast with Dustin and Chris Sal. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Leave a review. It better be positive. And keep up with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Catch you at the next show.